What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Random Show with your friend, Matt, and your not-so-good friend, Brad, episode 16. Hello, darkness, my <laughs> old friend. <laughs> I've come to podcast with you again. Oh. I'm back. No, you're you know, back. I see you tried to oust me. I see you tried to replace me. <laughs> Was this a coup? Oh, well, let me tell you something. It's not that hard. Cooed? It's not that difficult to replace you. I mean, well, uh, at least you picked a, a, a handsome, uh, good host yes. to fill my shoes, Liam. Yes, with a radio voice. Very much. Um, so. Face for radio. Uh, so. You said you were gone for a couple days. It ended up being two weeks. What you happened? Know, sometimes you just want to get away. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was def I was out out for the first week. My sister's family was in town. Sure. They're from Scotland. I have three nieces, so they were here for two weeks. So the first week we were in the Poconos, you know, disconnected. Mm-hmm. Second week we were back home kind of half working, half not. Uh, but then the day I you know, I only get to see my nieces once a year if I'm lucky. So I definitely opted for more time off <laughs> where, where I could just to kind of uh, enjoy that time. So it was a fun two weeks. Had a lot of fun. They uh, they flew back Sunday. So now we're back to the get back to the normal routine. And, you know, like I was thinking about like I, I'm very much I, I, I expect you're this way, too. But I'm very much a routine guy. Like I love mm-hmm. a good routine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I love Mondays. I do this and Tuesdays I do this and I go to the gym at five o'clock every Monday or I, you know what I mean? Like I'm very structured and that keeps me happy. Mm -hmm. So even though I like time off and I like vacation after about a week or a week or so, I start to get a little, um, I don't know. I start to get a little off and I'm, and, and I'm getting anxious to get back into my routine. Yeah, you, you get like that. Are you a routine guy? Yeah, well, I mean, I used to be a routine guy, and then the kids came along. But we've been down that path before, um, so it's <laughs> yeah. difficult to get the. So my wife is always a, has a random schedule. Not random. I mean, I know a, a, the month in advance, you know, but it's it changes month to month. One day is you know she could be working, the other day she's not, whatever. So um, it does make it a little bit more challenging. But yeah, um, I've been getting back to the gym and. It was oh boy. Yeah, difficult at first, uh, but it feels, it feels good. And now I, I've, I'm, I'm getting that itch again where like I need to go at least, at least two days a week at this point. Uh, now I'm trying to push it to three, but yep. uh, I can feel yeah. it coming back, you know? Yeah, I mean, and honestly, like kids do well, like once they're past the infancy stage, you know, yeah. getting into the toddler, like they need structure and routine too, you know? And right. it doesn't mean they're always, obviously they're wild cards. Right, gremlins. So they're not always going to follow it, but they right. they need structure and routine. And I feel like, you know, kids I've seen that don't have that are usually the ones that are out of control and you know seem a yeah. little bit more wild. And the ones that do have it seem a little bit more. Um, I don't know. They seem better, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems like, at least for my son, a routine is important. Um, you know, you go to bed at a certain time, you get up at a certain time, you go to school at a certain time, uh, you eat at a certain time you know, that type of stuff. So, but you know, I don't know. I like routine. So it's nice to be back in, uh, back to the normal grind back in my routine. Routine is also (laughs) routine is also important in the game of golf. And I saw you get out there for a couple rounds. I mean, everyone was out watching tiger and (laughs) was watching me. (laughs) How did that go? That was fun. You know, I, 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 um, don't play golf often. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm lucky if I'm out there a couple times a year. Yeah. I could play well enough to, you know, at some point get the ball in the hole. Yeah. (laughs) 
but you know, if I get a bogey, I'm really happy, you know, that there type of go. golf game. Um, so in my, obviously my brother-in-law was born and raised in Scotland, like grew up at St. Andrews, went to school at St. Andrews. Mm-hmm. Um, he's played golf his whole life. Um, so he's pretty good and really loves it. So I wanted, you know, took the opportunity, like he brought his clubs. I'm like, let's play. So we actually got three games in wow. three rounds. In fact, the last round we were playing was during the masters. So we're sitting there playing golf and I got my phone streaming the masters live in the cart. And he's like, he's just like, he's like, this is absolutely amazing. Like we're playing golf, watching the masters live <laughs> while we play golf. <laughs> he's like, this is insane. And I was like, yeah, I love technology. So it was, pre- it was pretty cool. And it worked out. We finished our game, and, and Tiger had just a couple couple holes left. So we watched that at the clubhouse. Saw him win the, the big uh, Masters event there. So it was uh, it was fun. But it's definitely got me wanting to get out more this year. It's I forgot how much I miss it. It's a lot of fun. Did, um, did your brother-in-law – is this his first – not his first time playing in the U.S., I'd imagine. No, they've been married for years. And so yeah. they come usually what we do now is they come one year, we go the next. So they're usually in the States every other year. Got it. Um, and they'll come for a couple of weeks during the girls, uh, a break in school. So yeah, I was, I was wondering what, what he thought of the U S courses versus sort of well, the, uh, well, the courses I play <laughs> are, are interesting, are public, to say the least. <laughs> public $15 around courses. Yeah, let's just say the greens on the last one were like a minefield. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you got to, you know, it's not professional level it's still courses early. or anything, but, you know, you play. It's still fun. Yeah. So it was good to get off, get refreshed, you know, disconnect for a bit. Should I, should I tell you that I'm going to be out next week? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Wait, Actually, we'll make it else. work. We have our, our annual WDS camp, our company retreat next week. Um, but I will find a nice little quiet space, and we will record next week while I'm there. Uh, I'm not going to do that to you again. I'm going to have to reach out to somebody at WDS and say, listen, let's get this guy on a, a punch card. Punch, punch the clock a little bit more often. <laughs> I'm a busy guy. I'm a busy guy. <laughs> But man, there's a a lot's been happening. A lot's been happening since there was. There was a lot. There was a. I mean, there was a ton of stuff in the WordPress space that you conveniently pulled the ripcord on and and exited the plane. That was good timing. Yeah, (laughs) that was great timing. You didn't have to talk about. I didn't hear about any of that, and I get back and and I had a couple people. Did you hear about this? Did you see those tweets? And I'm like, no, I didn't. (laughs) It was great. I wasn't checking Twitter at all while I was gone. So no, I kind of had to catch up after the fact. I missed it in real time, but. I'm not sad about that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, obviously the, it seemingly the dust has settled on, on, on most of that stuff, though I presume it will come back up again um, at some point uh, in the future when either there's another iteration of Jetpack and WooCommerce and upsells and, uh, and advertisements, or if somebody else tries to accomplish the same thing, I'm, I'm sure we'll hear about this again. It's certainly not the last. Um, hey, you know, nice. but... You know what I have to say about that? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you know, in having the the uh, a couple of weeks to sort of think about that whole situation, you know, it's not to dig the whole thing back up again, but the specifically about the um, the uh, the hacks or the uh, the malicious code and those mm-hmm. themes and those plugins. Uh, you know, that's the kind of thing. You know, when you look at the the jetpack team and 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 their sort of blinders on the fact that they might be the the only solution to experience WordPress. Like they don't even think about all of these other plug- 
plugin developers and plugin solutions that are out there. Um, their goal is to, to make WordPress safe and the best experience. Like that's what they say on their website. Um, you know, and when you see these things happen with like these rando third party companies, it's like, well, yeah, yeah this is why they're doing it, <laughs> you know, because they need to protect WordPress to a degree. And, and I get that part of it. It's just how it all rolled out, which is always how we talk about WordPress as of late. It's how it all rolled out, lack of communication, so on and so forth. And I saw a snippet from the tavern where uh, the lead of WooCommerce, you know, had <clears throat> mentioned, I'm just going to paraphrase here, like, oh, we've been talking about this forever in, you know, in GitHub and this special branch. And it's just like, great. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm glad you're talking about it over there. Yeah. Um, it's like the most furthest corridor of the internet that, that normal people uh, are not going to be checking, uh, you know, to, to see these kinds of updates. And again, I go back to the need uh, for WordPress to have a, or, I, you know, it's even weird to say that. It's like WordPress because WordPress is open source. It's WordPress.org. And, uh, you know, we just keep fumbling over ourselves saying that automatic is WordPress. And we keep saying that. And somebody needs to be a product lead. We talked about that when, when we watched the WordCamp, uh, 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 WordCamp US talks about Gutenberg. And it's just like, man, there needs to be somebody who's just talking about this more publicly, more consecutively and, and talking it from a, from a brand and product perspective and not just developers because this is what we get. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of meat in what you just talked about. So there's a lot of stuff there to unpack, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, anytime a, a product, a plugin or whatever is used by millions of users, it's going to be a lot of scrutiny around it. Right. A lot more so than, you know, plug-in used by tens of thousands, even though it sounds like a lot in the world of WordPress, it's not. That's kind of a drop in the bucket versus a Jetpack or Yoast SEO or something. So, um, and those, you know, by and large, especially premium stuff like Yoast, they're not talked about really publicly other than what they want to release um, and tell you, you know, what's going to happen. And Jetpack, even though it's free, it's a, it's the premium arm, you know, of mm -hmm. automatic into WordPress.org. So, Yes, it's a free plugin, but it's a it's freemium, right? In a sense, it's free until you want to enable certain services, right? Then you have to start paying. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, th I think the ch all the challenge with open source in general always is around communication, right? It's like, oh, this was discussed here, or it was discussed there. It was you know, there's a big conversation that you missed or weren't a part of. I don't think you're ever gonna make everyone happy, no matter where you talk about something, no matter how transparent you are. There will always be people that just aren't involved that just don't like the decision. Right. And they don't want to be involved, but they still won't like the decisions that you make. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, my, my stance on Jetpack is I'm just not, I'm not the biggest fan of it these days. I kind of tend to stay away from it. Um, I don't, I think honestly, there's probably a number of companies out there running Jetpack that don't actually realize some of the things that it's doing, especially mm -hmm. with their data, larger companies, enterprise level, even. Um, that would probably be shocked to find out some of the things that Jetpack's doing, like copying all their content to their, you know, to shadow sites. Mm -hmm. um, because they're using like related posts. Like, do they truly understand what they're doing by turning on certain features? I don't think people do, you know? Um, so I think it's great at the personal level. You know, you have a blog, you want to use their free CDN. Cool. Um, but at a commercial level, I think you really have to have some, some open and deep conversations about what it is you're intending to do and the implications of using those features with Jetpack. So 
I don't know. I think the unfortunate thing really at the end of the day is the impact on at the human level that it's had and some of the relationships it's uh, severed or, or soured in the community because there were so many folks that were just like pointing fingers and um, you know, the crazy conspiracy, conspiracy folks come out of the woodwork about all kinds of things. And, you know, I guess some might be true, but others are just way too far fetched and it really pits a lot of good people against each other. And, and, and that's the thing that worries me the most about all of this, because this is <clears throat> certainly not the last, um, you know, we're seeing as, as it is becoming the sassification uh, of, of self-hosted WordPress. Like this is, this is a blanket of a typical SaaS approach uh, through Jetpack and monetization. And uh, what it's doing is, is really just not the, the monetization or the brand stuff that I'm worried about. It's how it just tears apart a lot of the community. Um, because at the end of the day, if, if figureheads aren't around anymore, or people in the community aren't around anymore, you know, all the control goes back to automatic and, and there's less uh, of, a, of a public voice. Um, I think it's important that there are critics in this space. Um, I guess I'll raise my hand at that. I'm not a very intelligent critic, but I, I do criticize the process. And this isn't just a, a blame game pointing fingers thing. It's much more like there needs to be some third-party oversight <laughs> here for better or for worse. Yeah. If it's just barking up a tree, which I feel like mostly it is, that's fine. But you know, I, I still feel like there should be somebody you know, waving that flag. I'm not certainly not well, saying that. It should be, well, in the plugin world, it should be the plugin, you know, the WordPress plugin team, right? Like the right. kind of on the front lines of uh, reviewing and, uh, you know, uh, setting the, the, the guidelines and the policies around plugins on WordPress.org, like anything outside of WordPress.org, you can, people can really do whatever they want, but if it's in the official repository, there are certain rules you have to follow. And, you know, this isn't the first time that Automatic has kind of skated the line of what's allowed or not allowed. You know, I had a, I had a, a couple of years ago an issue that really pissed me off where we had a plugin that, you know, we had a little sidebar with some, it's a free plugin. We had a sidebar with some uh, ads of other plugins that we had and, and a couple premium ones that they could upgrade to. Um, and I wanted the ability to kind of change that remotely, right, via a feed. You know, a simple RSS feed. I don't remember what we use, RSS, whatever, something like that. So we could change those out on occasion, right? Well, that was in a violation. Right. Um, so, okay. I, I understood. We, that wasn't allowed. I didn't know at the time, but we just hard-coded it, shipped it, good to go. And then a few, a month or two later, I found out that WooCommerce is doing exactly what <laughs> we were told <laughs> we weren't allowed to do. Oh, yeah. And, they had a, and I literally went through the code and found where they had a feed, and they were pulling in these ads or upsells or whatever right into – WooCommerce and I'm like so it's like such a it hurts when you're a small you know a small guy or, or, mm -hmm. or girl or whatever and you know you, you have a f you know few users whatever and then you follow the rules and this is probably a lesson in life and just <laughs> business yeah. in general. Yes. but then the big dogs don't you know what right. I mean the ones that dominate the space don't and especially when there's that super blurred line between automatic and org and all of that stuff it's just it hurts, you know, and it sucks to see that. And it, it, you know, it, it, so I remember that and I look at something like this and think, Hey, here we go again. You know, the big dogs, uh, trying to get away with something that it shouldn't, um, they should really be setting the standard. They should be the one that we all look up to and aspire to be like, but when you see stuff like this, it's like, yep. Yeah. Oh, the 1%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's, 
and this will be my final thought on this topic, but one of the things, again, just pontificating over this stuff for the last couple of weeks, I don't admire the position that Matt is in. Um, and when you see stuff like this happen, it's so easy. And again, this is just like you said, this is not just a WordPress thing. This is life thing. It's so easy to hop on the, um, well, he's obviously got investors and this is why they're doing this. They're, they need to pay their investors back. And I've heard some very smart people still make that claim. And I've, of course, said it in the past, but I think what's really happening here is that Matt is, let's just theoreticize this for a second. Let's say the investors are saying, hey, Matt, you have to monetize this. We've given you a boatload of money. You've got this massive footprint. And you're not doing anything with it like the rest of these social platforms are or big publishing platforms are. I think Jetpack is a, a way to outsmart the venture capitalists, right? Like this is Matt's way to say, you know what? I am going to keep WordPress pure and open source and untouched from, uh, you know, monetization and venture capital. And the way I'm going to do it is my white knight Jetpack. And to me, that's what he's doing. He's trying to defend WordPress at the cost of us, right? Of the, of the product owners or plugin people or even services folks like you um, as a way to keep the, the venture capital or the influence away from WordPress core. No, no, we don't need to monet. We don't need to put any monetization lines of code in WordPress core. Let me show you why it's this thing called Jetpack. And then all the venture capitalists around the table go, Ooh, okay. Jetpack. Smart. I like that. Um, but Sneaky. That, you know, like they're like, Oh yeah, that's great. And Matt is going, well, I'm saving WordPress. I am saving open source because I really do myself personally. I want, WordPress to survive. I certainly want WordPress to survive yeah. for the freedom of publishing. So that's my take on, on, on how this is all spinning out, whether or not Matt would ever communicate that or if, even if I'm right, but that's sort of where I'm, my head is going these you know, days. It's funny. Um, we had a uh, Jody, our director of business development went to, she was at DrupalCon, which was two weeks ago now, I think. Uh, maybe three. I don't know. I was out. So <laughs> whatever. It was recent in the last number of weeks. Um, and, and it was during or shortly after all this stuff was going down. She's like, you know, it's, she was like, it is such a vast difference in community and attitude um, with Drupal versus WordPress right now. Um, which was it, even comparing to like WordCamp US last year not just the stuff that just recently happened, but she was like, there's just so much drama uh, in WordPress, you know, as a constant, it seems, you know, when it starts to die down, something else happens, you know what I mean? Whereas Drupal, it just seems, and again, this is just one person's experience at one event, but she's like, it just felt so opening and welcoming and everybody was rah, 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 and super happy. And you didn't hear all this, uh, you know, grumblings behind the scenes of, decisions that were being made and whatever. She was like, it was just, it was obvious, like the difference, which is, which is pretty uh, interesting and, and kind of tough to hear because, you know, we, you know, one thing we always talk about Word, WordPress is so great is because of the community, right? Mm -hmm. um, which is true. But then when there's all this like constant drama, and I used to be more into it than I am now in terms of the drama. I, you know, poke my head in. I try to 
by and large stay away from it as much as possible. Sometimes I get sucked in, but it's just like, it's draining, you know, it's draining on all of us to the point where you almost like me, almost want to pull back from, from the constant news and, and, and drama and, and tweet storms and threads. And because it's just like, I don't even want to be a part of that anymore, you know, and, but it just keeps happening. Like, is, is it ever going to end? Is it just the nature of open source or is it just WordPress? I don't, I don't know. I, I just think it's just, it's just humanity, right? We're just a lot of humans in the room with no absolute clear direction. Um, I mean, I do remember, so the first DrupalCon that I went to was back in 2008 when they had first had it in Boston. Um, this is when I used to work at a company that we all we did was develop uh, Drupal sites. and heavily in, you know, quote unquote, heavily in the word in the Drupal community back then, because it was just all forum based. There was no Twitter. There was no Slack. There was nothing else going on other than just reading forum posts. And um, I can tell you that there was some strife back then, but I think the clear line in the sand was back in 2008. I was there when they announced that the Acquia was being formed and just clear direction. Like Acquia is the commercial play at Drupal. Here are the services that we're going to offer. Here's how it's going to extend and support the community. And I just think it was just clearly stated, like here is what Acquia is going to do with monetizing Drupal and the rest of the community can do whatever the heck the rest of the community wants to do to monetize Drupal. And those are the clear lines in the sand where you don't know, like there's wordpress.com and then there's Jetpack. Mm-hmm. And we, we're just, and then WooCommerce now. So it's just like, nobody's really saying like what the vision of monetization is. And I think that's just a whole heck of a lot of the confusion and the anger in, in, in all of this stuff. Like, just tell us where you're going. So we, we know what to expect. Uh, and then Dries from a, a leadership standpoint, I don't know if I want to get down this rabbit hole, but the way he leads and the transparency that, that he puts out, I mean, I love his posts. Right, I still follow his blog. I still follow a whole bunch of Drupal blogs because I think number one, it's important to stay on top of the technology. But I think the way that he leads and, and writes updates, man, it, it leaves me longing for a leader like that in WordPress. You know, I don't care what's in your bag, Matt. Fifty-seven links to Amazon. I don't. What? I don't care. <laughs> you know, look at the data. Look at the way that Dries is approaching uh, uh, Drupal in the community, and that's the kind of updates that I want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, it's, you know, I think there's there's always interesting things to be learned, especially looking at other communities in the open source world. Mm-hmm. Um, and the challenge I mean, we all have challenges; they have challenges, yeah. I'm sure. Um, but it's there's 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 a pretty stark difference right now, um, mm-hmm. and it has been for a while, which is unsettling to say the least. So. <laughs> but anyways, speaking of, you got something pack. lighter for us, Brad? Or no? So, you got <laughs> speaking of jetpacks. So I was gonna start with like what happens when you die on Facebook, but you know, I'll go this route instead. <laughs> Speaking of jetpacks, man, Falcon Heavy launched again. Did you watch that? Uh, I didn't watch it, but I saw it and I was like, uh, oh God, Brad is going to talk about this. So excited. And it was great timing. Well, it was supposed to go last Sunday and they kept pushing it. Or no, I'm sorry, last, I don't really remember, but they pushed it out three or four days. Uh, yeah, it was like Sunday and they ended up launching on Thursday, I think it was. Um, but it was great because it literally, we were having uh, dinner with my family and uh, my wife's uh, parents came uh, to see my dad and sister and brother and all that. So, and it launched like right before dinner. So it was kind of cool. The whole family got to watch it. And 
like my father-in-law had ne never even saw the first one. So mm -hmm. like when the, the side boosters landed, he was just like, like you could see his eyes like, holy shit, like yeah. what is going on? Yeah. Like we're living in the future. And not only did the, it was a very successful launch, uh, even more so than the first one because the side boosters landed and so did the core booster, which um, last time the core booster did not land it hit the ocean at 300 miles per hour. So they saved all three of the boosters, which is exciting. The uh, satellite was pushed up and this is the first commercial launch. So they actually were paid, uh, sent up a, uh, a big satellite, Arab, Arab Sat 6A, which is a Saudi Arabian communication satellite, um, sent that up. So pretty exciting stuff to see it go up again. It was 14 months since the last one when we saw, since the test launch. Wow, it's been Star 14 months Star already, huh? Yeah, they, they took some time really tweaking uh, uh, quite a bit of stuff. and But the fact is, the first commercial one's pretty interesting. I was reading some stats about why it's so significant. Obviously, it can take a much bigger payload, but it's just the amount, you know, obviously by saving boosters and things, they really brought the cost down. But um, I think just to, like, seeing numbers is always helpful. So the, uh, the approximate cost to launch Falcon Heavy is about $100 million. Um, the, the approximate cost to launch the space shuttle was about $400 million. Wow. Um, and Falcon Heavy has about twice the payload capacity. So hmm. just in some raw numbers, you can see how valuable this is on the commercial side of SpaceX, being able sure. to bring up these massive satellites. Um, and they're going to launch again later this year uh, for the Air Force and send up about 25 smaller satellites. So really fun to watch. It's I, I love the, the the production value of these launches because they have like, you know, a couple co-hosts there with their mics and they're going through all the stats and data about it. And then they're narrating it live and you see all the data coming across the screen about the different stages. Like it's just a really high produced, high production uh, event, more so than just one camera watching it shoot up in the air, which would still be cool, but it just gives it that extra flair that makes it yeah. super exciting. Um, so it was cool to see a very successful launch, which is great. So hope, hope to see many more in the future. Yeah, I think that's the way that's the way that these companies have to do it, right? I mean, especially space. Space was has always been a bit of a theater, right? Because I mean, I remember being in elementary school and they'd roll out the TVs and you'd yeah, all you know, cart you know, the, Yeah, the big <laughs> cart, the A V team would come in. Strapped on there, like, like. Yep. Uh, the um you know, so it's always like a moment where you pause to to see this phenomena. So yeah. Um it, and it, I think that, it, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say in today's world of like, just like content and live streaming, it's just like another way to, yeah. to enjoy it. And it feels like if you think about that, cause when we were watching the space launches, it was, you know, probably late eighties, nineties, uh, at least for us. Um, and then there's this kind of gap where that stopped, right. Where they, mm -hmm. they've essentially the last 10, 15 years or so, um, they stopped, you know, the space shuttle was retired. They stopped. We were hitching rides with Russian rockets or whatever. We weren't setting up our own thing. So like this weird period where it was just like, like dormant. It wasn't even really talked about. And now it's like the excitement's coming back, like especially for the younger generation, like our kids, they're going to grow up remembering things like SpaceX and some of the other, um, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Bezos has blue, what is it? Blue something. You know, there's a yeah. couple of them that are really getting serious about it beyond just SpaceX. So like they're going to grow up remembering this stuff, um, just like we grew up with the space show. So I'm really excited to see that it's back and it's like really generating a lot more interest with the new technology. Like the rockets have like, I don't even know how many different cameras on them with like live streams. So you can see from every single angle and vantage point yeah. as it's going up. Like we didn't get all of that, obviously, but it's exciting. It's fun to watch. So I'm really, 
really like to to see these go up, even if they're not the big Falcon Heavy. But man, that Falcon Heavy when it takes off, it's it's a sight to be seen because it yeah. is a beast. Speaking of being in the future, yesterday, I guess Samsung officially announced their foldable phone, which I think we talked about earlier in the season here. Um, but it's a 4.6-inch screen that <clears throat> folds open to reveal a 7.3-inch tablet. It's a $2,000 <laughs> price This is the 2000 yeah, 1980 uh, is what the price comes mm-hmm. in at, 1980 And, I mean, first of all, the specs are insane, okay? So... Uh, uh, it's a Snapdragon 855 processor. I don't even know what the, the it's probably, that's probably a eight cores in it. I don't know, but it's got 12 gigabytes of RAM, <laughs> 12 gigabytes <laughs> of RAM and a 500 and 512 gigs of storage with a 4380 milliamp hour battery. Um, so the thing is a beast. And number one, I'm just like, why? <laughs> you know, I, I, there's a visible crease. I'm looking at the Verge article on it. And uh, there's a visible crease when it's open. I guess it's difficult to see if you're looking at it straight on, but if you held it at a slight angle, you could see it. And it's almost like the, almost like a crease in a piece of paper. Uh, I guess it's it's it kind of dips in a little bit, which uh, you know for that hinge or whatever the technology is inside yeah. of it. I just don't see. I ask why not, right? <laughs> <laughs> why not? Like obviously this 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 first iteration is the is the phone you get to like, wow, people, even, even techies like to pull it out and everyone's like, Oh, you got one of those, you know, that's what, that's yeah. what this phone is. But I think the, the idea of it, you know, a few years from now is interesting. Like you say, why you think about, imagine the, like the iPhone, what was it? Five, which was probably one of the smallest ones. Right. And then they started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and remember the first, like, I don't know, it was an iPhone max, whatever it was called or no, it was the six S plus or something or six plus. It was massive. It looked like a freaking iPad mini at the time. We thought like, who would want a phone that big? Who would want a phone? It barely fits in your pocket. And now like everybody loves these bigger phones, you know? Yeah. So I, I got to wonder is, is, is the trend we're going to continue to get like, is, is this kind of bigger display where it's a little more functional, a little easier to do things? Is that going to yeah. be the next big thing or is it just going to be this super geeky thing that, you know, you kind of open your eyes when you see one pulled out, but you would never have one. Yeah. I mean, it would be amazing if this thing were like super sleek and because even when it's folded, you know, it reminds me of those old like slide out phones with the keyboards inside of them. Because even when it's flat, there's a picture on the, on the Verge article where if it's folded, there's still like this big, like silver hinge and the, and the two halves don't, completely there's a little uh, gap right yeah there's a gap right like a triangular gap and i can just imagine like being in your pocket and like your keys getting in there and like jamming in it's just like it would drive me crazy All right, I mean, first off don't put your phone in the same pocket as your key <laughs> ever <laughs> yeah. I don't care what phone you have that's rule number one uh but yeah i could just see it being so cumbersome yeah. and you know it looks uh, fat too like i don't yeah. see I'm, I'm looking for the actual folded specs but it looks i mean it's take your phone and it's it's doubled basically yeah. You know, based on much. what it looks like, just, you know, it looks like if I, cause I have a, a success plus, it looks like basically two of those stacked on top of each other. You know? Yeah. And then, and then when you're, if you're using it single-handed when it's, when it's closed, it's like half the size. It looks in the images anyway, in the photos, it's like half the size of your, of normal phone screen real estate. So it shows only like three icons that, that fit across the screen. And then it's like, well, if I'm using this thing and like the only re- way to really experience this phone is to have this, sucker open and you're not going to have it open all the time right this thing uh, has so. six cameras 
it's a falcon heavy it's got cameras it, it and literally is a falcon heavy <laughs> it's impressive but not <clears> something <throat> you want to take in the space every day um, you know, uh, yeah, and then the price point obviously is. I mean, people were up in arms about iPhones going over a thousand dollars. So this just right. that. Like, this is not your average user's phone. <laughs> I yeah. think the tech. I think the idea of a foldable screen. That tech is super cool because even if they bring that to like sure. iPads or you know Android tablets or whatever, and make it a nice form factor, and you know over the next few years, I'm sure they'll get it down where it's nice and sleek, and you don't have that gap, and you don't see a crease. You know. Um, being able to make things a little bit smaller, easier to storage or to, to travel with, I think is pretty interesting. But from a day-to-day phone, I, this is super edge case for uber nerds that just want to like, wow, everyone they see, like, look what I got, you know, like, yeah. I don't, I don't see it being a massive thing. It's cool though. I like new technology like that. Yeah. I've been seeing like the, um, you know, so the, uh, my, I have the original, maybe not the original, maybe it's a second gen iPad air. Um, and the thing's amazing. Like it's still battery lasts still a good amount of time. Um, I mean, I just, my son uses it mostly now, but when I'm using it for like Twitter or Netflix or just web browsing it, it mm-hmm. works absolutely fine. Like I don't have any, any issues with it. Um, you know, and I'm looking at <clears throat> some of these reviews cause I started to look at, well, maybe I'll, <clears throat> you know, typical dad, like I'll just give that one to my son and I'll get myself a new one. Yep. And I started like looking at the, the reviews and stuff, but then it's like, Man, you can get like the 2017 10.9 inch iPad Pro um, for like 4.99, brand new. Sometimes they go refurb for like 400 on Amazon. And when you read the reviews, it's like the new ones are just like a small percentage better. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, it works with the new Apple. Yeah, pen you pay for the new hotness, right? And the yes. last year's model is is old news. But it's like double the price, and it's just like, man, this technology. Like, we're just outpacing technology, and humans can't even keep up with it. Can we talk about how bad Apple has stumbled at naming the iPad? Because <laughs> I actually, it's funny you bring that up because we literally just bought an, an older iPad for my father-in-law for his yep. birthday, or you know, slash whatever couple couple events because it was bigger, but um. Man, so I was like, okay, I don't even know. You know, I need to do some research. We're not going to get him the newest one. I just got to figure out how old he needs the most recent OS for some apps. He's, he was literally on the iPad 2, the second yeah. one. So the first iPad, then iPad 2, then iPad Air, I think it was. And then they went back to iPad. Like, I got on the Wikipedia article and I'm like, <laughs> Apple has shit to bed when it came to naming the iPad because it is so confusing. Yeah. Like, so confusing. Like, half of the iPads, they've had like 10 of them. Forget the minis and stuff, they've had like 10. Half of them are just called iPad. <laughs> like right. More than half are just iPad. It's an iPad. Like, why did they not keep a numbering system on these things? It's yeah. absolutely insane. Like, it, it was so hard for me, an intellectual. <laughs> for me, a, a <laughs> well, let's, let's not go that okay, far. Let's not go there. But I am a geeky tech guy. Like, if anybody should be able to figure this out very quickly and clearly, it's me. And I had to spend a good hour to figure out, all right, which one am I actually looking for? <laughs> Ended up going with the Air 2. Um, got a refurb for about 200 bucks, you know, 90 day return uh, warranty. I was like, perfect. Mm-hmm. And that, so much so that I'm like, maybe I'm like you, maybe I should replace the one we have because if for no other reason than it has the old charger and that's annoying as hell because we keep losing oh, it, yeah. a yeah. fat, you know, old yep. iPhone, whatever iPad charger. But yeah, it was just like, I was just like blown away by how hard it was to figure out what is the new one. What is last year's model? What is three years ago? Like, it's sure. crazy how bad they stumbled on, on naming this stuff. I mean, even the phones. I don't even know what the phone is. Like, XR, 
XS eight yeah. seven. It's just like man. Yeah, at least there's some some numbering going on there yeah. to an extent. Some of it, but iPads, there's like nothing. Yeah, you know, it's weird. But another thing I want to touch on. I think we should add a plus to the name of the show, like the title of our show, a plus. Everything's a plus these days, right? The phone, like my phone's a 6S plus. They have 10S plus now. All these services are plus. Well, now Disney's getting into it, right? Disney plus. Oh, yeah. This is huge. Have you read what they're rolling out with the new Disney streaming service? This is massive. I actually had it up on the screen the other day to finish reading it because I know you were probably going to want to talk about it. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> this is like... This is a, 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 I mean, in my opinion, a must-have in streaming services, and I cannot believe this, the, it's going to be seven dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, I cannot. It's it's gonna. But you know, some other services. It's only going to be seven bucks a month for for a oh, year, sure. and then they're going to jack that bad boy up to. Once they hit their sixty billion whatever yeah. goal of users, then it'll it'll easily be over ten dollars. But hey, I'll pay seven bucks a month as all long day. as they're going to offer it. But I mean, they are all in, and they are not. They are not coming in lightly. So in the first year, they're going to have 10 original films and 25 original series. It's three, three Avengers spinoffs, all these, you know, now that they own Fox, all every season of Simpsons will be available on day one. Almost every Star Wars movie will be available until some of those licenses run out, then they'll all be available. I mean, it's just, who can compete with this? Like at the smaller scale, like obviously Netflix, this isn't going to kill Netflix, right? But this is a, this is going to be another Netflix that it's going to almost be a requirement, you know, and whether you have little kids like Disney's amazing because they have content for babies all the way up to, you know, hundred years old, right. everybody. Um, and now that they also own, now they are with the acquisition of Fox uh, media, they own 60% of Hulu, which is interesting right. too. So to see how those kind of, work together um but man this is it's exciting because just so much good content i love this because it's competition is good the better the more good content that's getting produced good shows good movies coming straight to streaming services everyone's got to raise their game including netflix you know Mm -hmm. they can't stand by just because they're number one so I'm, i'm pretty excited about this it comes out in november um or yeah november which i'll sign up right away um with a number of shows it's it's wild yeah, I'm wondering what this has for an effect on, like you said, everybody raises their game, but I wonder if this actually helps. Because um, I think we talked about this in the past on the show is it's amazing how many companies have become full-on studios to produce content. You know, Netflix, YouTube, Amazon, Apple, obviously now Disney. Well, Disney's always been in it, but now it'll be just even more like content creation and and. I think the good thing is, is like actors and, and people in the field, one would hope that um, people are getting more work, right? And especially like the unsung heroes of, of, of movie and film creation, um, people behind the cameras and stuff like that. Uh, but I'm wondering from like the indie, the indie content creator, you know, like people who are out there who are just like trying to make it big. Like the first thing I think of is like comedians who can effectively sell their own content if they wanted to mm-hmm. um you know directly online well, but i'm wondering if, did that a few times didn't he yeah he did that a few times but i'm wondering if people just get burned out from like big brand content like star wars and avengers like when they start doing all these spin-offs like do people just get burned out and upset that it's just like it doesn't feel as nostalgic anymore yeah uh, there'd probably be some of that i think you're seeing that in star wars already right with yeah 
they're already saying, oh, we're going to take a little break, which for them is probably like a year or something after the <laughs> yeah. episode nine. Um, I don't feel like you're getting that much with Marvel, although it's probably going to come at some point. But man, Marvel, just whatever they put out just is like always really good, makes tons of money and people just seem to eat it up. Yeah. And there's multiple new Marvel movies every single year. And a number of them are crossing a billion dollars these days. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, there's definitely probably that, that worry, but with the number of properties and, and brands and stories that Disney owns now, especially with the Fox acquisition, like there's no shortage for keeping it fresh. Like they could do, they are doing like an eight, they own the alien franchise. Now they're doing like an alien animated, some animated shows of some sort. Like there's just, you know, the Simpsons, they could roll out another Simpsons movie. Like, yeah, it's you nuts. know, they could mix it up. <laughs> I mean, there's so many different things they could do. Uh, you know, it is yet to be seen because I think they're coming out with three different Avenger series spinoffs. There's <laughs> a couple Star Wars series spinoffs um, uh, that are coming out straight to the streaming service. You know, so it's it's definitely a, a real possibility. But if they play their hand right, it shouldn't shouldn't happen. Yeah, I think if anything else, though, it's going to force some of these other smaller streaming services to maybe reevaluate their pricing at the very least. I mean you know, CBS all access, you get access to all their shows, but in, in terms of unique content, they have seven, seven shows that are unique to that service. Um, and it's the same price, seven bucks a month. Wow. Is it going to stay there when Disney comes out? Maybe <laughs> the DC streaming thing, which I think is insane is eight bucks a month. Yeah. And they that's have like one show. Yeah. That's just for the people who are diehard who just, yeah. You get access to the comics and stuff, but it's like one, you know, so I feel like it's going to force some of these like CBS. I doubt it's going to be able to compete with Disney. Disney's putting a billion dollars in the, you know, in new content in the first year. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of streaming services. I think some of these are going to have to either merge or they're going to end up dying off because there's too many choices you can't subscribe to 10 or 15 different things or you're paying more than you were with cable, which is probably the reason you cut the quarter or wanted to go that route anyways. Are you a Game of Thrones fan? I am. I watched it. Oh, boy. We won't do any spoilers because the pe people who might be Everybody watching. Everybody dies. <laughs> Everyone dies. Are you like a hardcore fan? Or you, like, I'm, I would say I, I enjoy the show. I'm certainly not a hardcore fan. I, can, I have the hardest time remembering people's names in that show. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. In general, I have a hard time remembering people's names. But um, <laughs> in real life, I can't yeah. remember your name's Jeff, let alone as Targaryen <laughs> of the Dragon World or whatever, you know? I would say I am uh, I am a little bit more than and I'm not a hardcore fan like I haven't read the books or anything like that but certainly it is one of my favorite shows ever. Um, it's but, uh, the production value is insane like just the amount yeah. of effort and you know special effects and I mean it's literally a movie every episode and it really has been that way since the start. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, if you haven't watched it yet, we won't talk about it today. But uh, I enjoyed it. But I also enjoy, and I would say, <laughs> there's one thing I will say. I would say that the ending of Barry, which is uh, uh, Bill Hader, comes on after uh, oh, after I Game saw of the Thrones. previews for that show. At, first of all, the show is absolutely, it's just, it's hilarious. And there's action and there's drama. And it's like, it's going to win a ton of awards. I mean, it did last year, but it's going to win more this year. <laughs> but the, the suspense in the end of that episode was greater than Game of Thrones. And the, probably the production is probably like a, a, a 
tiny percentage compared to uh is it that's a new show right it, was that the like sec, the this is the second it? season oh, this is the second season, season. Okay. it's the first yeah. i'd heard of it so well it i i'm really i'm curious like i want to see some numbers like how many people joined hbo like myself i signed up sunday night you know uh through hulu just to watch you know, yeah it, my brother i know my brother did my i mean bro- it had to be a lot of people and now, there's a number of shows and I've been planning this for about a year. I'm like, okay, we're going to like game of Thrones for whatever reason is one of those shows. Everybody has to talk about the next day. Yeah. So if you actually want to watch it and not have spoilers, you need to watch it probably when it's live or at least the very next day, you can't wait a week or two or wait till it's over. Then, you know, Oh, now you binge watch. You can't do that with this show for whatever reason. So I was like, I'll just watch it live. But now I'm like, there's a number of shows I've been earmarking like, okay, we're going to have HBO for a couple months. Yeah. So now we have this backlog of shows um, like True Detective we were talking about, uh, like Westworld, which I haven't seen, but I want to. You know, a number oh, of these man. shows you want to dig into. Some of the older stuff, like uh, what was the old Western they did? Uh, Deadwood. Deadwood. I'm like, we should watch Deadwood. So I got this whole backlog of. They have another movies. Western coming out. Yeah. And that's well. Chernobyl. Uh, oh, man. That looks That amazing. thing looks yeah. intense. But. So I'll probably just be binge watching HBO for the next couple of months and getting caught up while we yeah. have it. You know the you funny know, thing stick with it. I mean, maybe that's their plan all along, but um they the got funny, content. The funny thing about that, um the Chernobyl uh preview that they were showing, I don't know if it if you caught it, but there was like while they were doing the preview and like, you know, the, the everybody's talking and the scenes are changing and all this stuff, there's a Geiger counter going off in the background, like the I little thing. That, yeah, I could hear it. And I was like, I heard it, like, because they what they they ramp it up, so it's like you hear a little bit, and then a little bit more, a little bit more, and it sort of just progressively gets louder. And I was sitting in my room, and I just started like looking around, and I was like, "What the hell is that sound?" And then like the thing oh, keeps yeah. playing, and I just hear it go again. And I'm like, I literally got up, and I was like, "Is there like something at my window?" And I'm like looking <laughs> at the window, and then I finally I pause the show or I pause the stream, and, realize and I was like, "Damn, that. it's this coming from this." I did hear that. I, I, yeah, I have no idea that what direction they're taking this story. It looks crazy, but uh, yeah, definitely looks interesting. You definitely have to get on Westworld, but the good news is, is you have literally until the end of 2021 until the next season comes out, which just really hurts my brain. It's long, like the, yeah. the last season was was last year or something. It was last year, yeah. Wow. And it's not coming out. Until- I've heard great things about it, so I'm anxious to dig in. And it's a couple seasons, so it's, you know, some content there, which is good. Uh, but there's, I mean, even going back to like Sopranos and stuff, I'd like to rewatch that. So I'm just going to start binging on HBO every night. Yeah. You know, well, paying for it, might as well, right? So I, I love watching that. At least the first three seasons of Sopranos before the writer's strike in season four when he was like in a coma for like the entire season. Yeah, was- the writer's strike was tough, but that's just a great show, you know? Yeah. Um, and it came back around. I, in my opinion, but yeah. All right, man. I think this is a great time to wrap it up. What do you think? I think so. Look at this. We're back. We did it. We'll see you in a month. <laughs> I'll, I'll make it work next week. Maybe we'll have some random guests pop on while we're if there. If you're still here, if you're still listening, don't forget to subscribe to us. And look, I, I never know when Brad's going to be able to do the show. So if you ever want to be a co-host, uh, random. Slip me a slip me a little note under the door and say, hey, Matt, bring me onto the show. I think the best part about that is I didn't even know you're doing it until like a tweet came out like, Hey, we just did a show without Brad. I'm like, well, that's as random as it gets. <laughs> Good on uh, you. 
there was too much there was too much wordpress news to to not talk Good. about it so yeah no that was great and you got a great host love liam he's actually doesn't live that far from me we get together on occasion and co-work and hang out so he's a great guy randomshow.net that's the url everybody randomshow.net that'll forward you to our anchor page don't forget to subscribe to all of the channels that we're on if you're uh, if you're a spotify listener we're there if you're itunes we're there google play we're there we're in your brains we're in your bed we're in your bed that's weird that's weird follow me on twitter at matt Maderson. i'm williams ba see you in the next episode later